here on press basketball if you haven't figured it out yet the site is live you go check it out all good content james my man james holis my name's phil bolo we're getting it in today uh before we get into the big stories obviously a lot of stories happen in the nba in the first week of action a couple things stood out i'm gonna let james the floor is yours what's up phil the pill so uh yeah we're here we are episode two people uh I like me. They make fun of the name, but we still we stand, still we fight. We ride together. So stand proud, guys. Stand proud. To me, a big story is uh, after two long years of waiting, multiple setbacks. We heard the rumors. We heard his attitude is bad. He's fat. He's out of shape. He's never gonna play a game in the NBA. Joel Embiid took the court, and man, my man showed out. Um, I was I was suspect. I was a little skeptical because all we had was some some grainy footage from him in college doing a couple nice moves, averaging twelve points a game. And I'm thinking to myself, he's that dominant. Why is he averaging twelve points a game? What? And we had those workout tapes from the summer. We had the workout tapes. Well, yeah, but I mean, we also had it was like him against like it was him against like five nine trainer. But yeah, we also had the Yee workout tapes too, right? Remember Yee workout tapes against the chair? I mean, it's, it's a lot like that. So. Um, but nah, he really, he, uh, he came out to a thunderous ovation. The Philly fans were just in a frenzy and he, he lived up to the hype. First game of his career, 22 minutes, like 20 points, seven boards, uh, he, nice little stuff of, of Russ Westbrook down the, down the stretch. He was actually hitting big buckets to keep him in the game. That's impressive, man. That's really impressive. Um, I was, uh, I got, I already got yelled at by a couple people because I was saying that he's a lot like, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, but bigger. And it's stronger. And all of a sudden, of course, the, the stands come out and they want to yell about, well, no, well, Cat does that too. And it's weird because I, did, I didn't say Cat didn't do it. If you could it. give Joel Embiid Cat's health or perceived health, I think we'd be looking at Joel Embiid in a whole nother. Like, people have already, like, kind of assumed, like, 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 I think the thing I took away from watching Twitter while that game was going is everyone's just holding their collective breath every time he jumps, takes a rebound, or stumbles for two seconds. Exactly. And I think he like he fell and rolled his ankle. And I saw people was like, oh, my God, he's hurt, he's hurt, he's hurt. So, um, fear not. I think he I think he's going to be just fine. He looks the, – the, the boy can just flat-out play, man. What would you take away from his first appearance? I, I just like that he can shoot the three. I think he's confident. I, I don't like that he has zero assists. Um, I, I, th- I think – when you look at the team, like who's he going to pass to is the argument. And once Ben Simmons comes back, he's going to get the ball in a lot of situations. I think skill level high. I still think he had a bit of rust going on, honestly, when I was watching him, you know, pre-draft and some tape on him. He's got a little bit more shimmy than he's showing right now. And I don't think the injury took it away. I just think it's going to come back slowly. Like every preseason, every workout, I've just seen him become a little bit more mobile, a little bit more mobile. I think by the time we get to All-Star, assuming, you know, knock on wood, he hasn't hurt himself. Um, we're going to see someone with way better mobility. And he'll just be feasting on people. Like, I, Look, I called this guy as um, a rookie of the year a while. I called him rookie of the year before Ben Simmons got hurt. I'm sticking to it, and only injuries are going to hold me down. Well, my take on that is the man sat in re- rehab for two years. He deserved to shoot as much as he wants. Joel, screw and assist. Keep shooting. Shoot the J. Shoot it! Shoot shot, so, brother. So speaking of assists, uh, the other thing around the horn was uh, uh, the Raptors obviously 
winning their game. But the, to me, the bigger story was how much they got Jonas Valanciunas in charge. Uh, sorry, involved in the offense. Uh, Kyle Lowry way less shots than he normally takes. And uh, Demar Derozan obviously blowing up, having a massive game. But I thought JV was equally impressive, and I think on a certain level they were doing this because they realized when you look at last playoffs when JV was involved in scoring, they're a far different team. Look, like, everyone knows I'm not the biggest Jonas Valanciunas fan, but 32-11 and 11 on 10 for 15 shooting, 12 for 12 for 14 free throws, the guy can ball. Yeah, I'm going to say this. Uh, you're, you're, I think you're a little off base with the whole preparing for the playoffs in the first game of the freaking season, bro. I think Kyle Lowry, as we both know, has had his, ch- his times when he's wore himself out and like come February and March, he's almost exhausted. He's banged up and he, he just can't play efficiently. So I think he realizes that. So they said, hey, we got a weapon like JV. And I think JV at times can actually be a liability in the playoffs. But while we can, we, hey, if he, we can get him cooking and I can take some time, I can take it easy. I'm going to take it easy and get JV cooking. So it's smart basketball. I'm still not a big fan of JV. But I mean, hey, buckets of buckets. And he did smart basketball, thing. especially because Lowry shot three for 13 and one for five from three. So at a certain point, you're realizing that this is not your night. Right. And I think in the past, Lowry would have just kept on putting him up because that's like, you know, his job is to score. So it was kind of cool. It's cool to see him saying, all right, well, hey, we're winning. My teammates got it going. I can just kind of kick back right now. And that's how, as it should be. That's good. Good on him. That's good on Kyle. Good on Kyle. And I want to ask you this, by the way, uh, Siakam at power forward. I really like him. Do you think he plays well enough before uh, his replacement from Boston comes back? Um, take that spot. I said today that I think the best thing for Toronto right now is the injury to uh, to, to big Sully, to big Sully, because uh, Sully, oh yeah, I said the same. He stinks. He stinks, and it's, it's crazy to me that people like. Well, at least he got it, skinny. Yeah, so that's he's he's out of there. Uh, Siakam, and let's hope. Uh, Chipotle, uh, your big man Chipotle from uh, wherever his name is. Let's hope he can play well and they Yaka just keep. They can, they can just keep freaking. Yeah, they can just keep him off. Well, it's still Patrick Patterson. It's not like they're in a bad spot. And honestly, I I think their playoff lineup is going to have uh, Damari Carroll playing some four. Right. With right. some, uh, and they're going to have like Norman Powell. But uh, we got to move it along. Um, one of the teams I thought that had the one of the best drafts this past year, the Phoenix Suns. Um, I know they're a favorite of yours, and I couldn't really put my finger on why the hell you're picking them uh, as one of the points we're talking about. So you got to enlighten me, front. Uh, because I was watching them getting blown out, and I watched them go to all bench lineup with all the young boys, and uh, led by Tyler Eulis, and Dragon Bender was in the game, and Marquise Chris was in the game, and Booker was in the game. And they, they went on like some kind of, like, I think a 12 or it's like a 17 to 2 run or some nonsense. Uh, Euless was just was a disruptive force. Bender was banking in threes. Marquise Chris was everywhere. Um, they, they, they made a nice little comeback and they, they made it a ball game. Like, I think it got within like 10 or 8 towards late of the game. And Sack Sack blew it open, but it didn't matter. It was good to see. Um, I just, I really, really, really think Phoenix won the draft. Uh, oh, absolutely. And and, and Sacramento kind of handed it to them, right? Because we could be watching this game with Marquise Chris in a Kings uniform next to Boogie right now. Uh, and and I re- I'm also bringing this up because uh, I think we talked about this before. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to wonder more and more. I, I don't think Boogie ends ends the season in a Kings uniform. Because... Oh, hell no. No way. He's getting – he's so out of there. Because the Kings are going to realize at a certain point they're not going anywhere. I think they trade Rudy Gay first, but I think – uh they, uh, they look at who they have, and they really just try to trade for some youth. But the thing is, like, it, it's easy and it's tough to trade Cousins last year contract, and he's not the most stable person. But he's a huge, big-time 
town, so it's going to get traded. But I want to ask you uh, your takeaway because this, because I didn't get to catch that game, and I'm always stuck because the skill sets kind of balance each other. Marquise Chris or Bender, who impressed you more of the two? Um, it's going to always be Marquise Chris. I, I'm just I'm blown away by his athleticism. He, he can hit shots. Um, and Bender actually, I guess, relatively impressed me more because I thought he was watching him in the preseason and watching him at summer league. I thought this guy might be you know a lot raw than we thought. But he actually came in, and his shot was confident. He drained a couple threes. So um, I'm going to just call it a tie, man. It's I just it's unbelievable that Phoenix was able to, to not just get one, but get both of those guys and has Devin Booker. So if they And Tyler Eunice. Uh, uh, yeah, I, don't uh, uh, I don't care about Tyler. I don't care about Tyler. I know you don't care, but I hate, he... I hate small guards. No, you're not going to convince me. I hate small guards, and sure, he's, he's going to be a nice spark plug back up for the rest of the I hate him too, but it's second, it's second round value. It's second round value. That's... I don't care about that. I'm not a GM. Um, right. So so I think if, if they ever do a, a full-blown youth movement there in Phoenix, which I think they probably should eventually, uh, they're going to be straight. They're going to be really straight. So that's it. Uh, oh, no, no, no. That's not it. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> right before we started, I just something just caught my eyes, and I started reading. I, I couldn't even finish reading it because I, I got so pissed off. Um, I don't even know. I can't even find it right now. Uh, so Kevin Durant, uh, our, our, I'm gonna call him a friend of the program, even though I don't think he even knows we're, we're doing this yet. Uh, Ethan Sherwood Strauss, he's he's been on, I've had I've talked to him several times, like on podcast stuff. He's a real good guy, and I, I believe him when he says things, right? But he they actually wrote a little fluff piece about how Kevin Durant was in an empty gym in uh, I think New Orleans, and he was after, he was as he was doing his drills, he was screaming. They say I don't work hard. They say I'm a coward. Who's in the gym? Who's here now? And as I'm reading this, my eyes just turn red with rage. And who's like, he talking to? He was talking to him. It's supposed to be an empty gym, which I mean, people are observing the practice, obviously, so it's not an empty gym. So I'm reading this, and I'm just uh, my my eyes just turn red, and my I had smoke in my ears. Look, Kevin Durant, I've been making excuses for him. Well, not excuses. I I try to be understanding with him and everything he's happened right now, with you know leaving and the little comments he's saying, and maybe he really doesn't understand what he's doing. But this is just the cheesiest, I'm going to be a tough guy, I, I'm going to prove how passionate I am move. Maybe it's just shooting a, uh, like a, uh, some shoe commercial and just no one knew. Uh, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe somebody had a GoPro watching him do this. And, you know, there's actually footage of it, him doing it, though, right? Because so that kind of seems like, like, why would you even say that? Because that's, that's kind of like a crazy person comment. So like, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna, like I'm no, gonna, no, I, I'm worth it, I'm worth it, I'm worth it to nobody. I'm going to read the quote here. So and there's actually video of it, and he's in the gym with, like, you know, there's two or three guys passing the ball and stuff, right? So it's not like he's just in the gym by himself. Soaked in sweat, Golden State Warriors Kevin Durant yells, echo throughout the empty Smoothie King Center, home of the New Orleans Pelicans. Here's the quotes. They say I ain't hungry. I'm out here. Then he's working out, talk about a little more, some more quotes. Shooting his last shots, Durant said, they told me I ain't have no drive. I'm out here. They call me coward, putting in work. Okay, so you know what? Kevin Durant's like the ultimate cornball right now. So uh, I, I don't even want to speak on it right now. Maybe at the end of the show I'll come back to it. But I, it, I'm fuming. I'm fuming that this that this grown man thought that this is something that that whatever. Right. Uh, so uh, so if this was a cash or trash segment, he would definitely have a trash moment. Trash. Don't do that. Trash. All right. Well, well, that's a perfect segue because actually I want to talk about uh, Kawhi Leonard. In his game against uh, the Golden State Warriors, looked like a beast. Where did that handle come from? Where did that shot come from? It seems like every year he's adding something else. And in the talk with Kevin Durant, I think this is the big thing that 
that swung a lot of people's opinions on Kawhi Leonard. Can you be an alpha? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Can you be a superstar but not an alpha? Because I think that was that that was the knock on Kawhi for a while, right? People were like, I know Tim Duncan's going to retire at a certain point, and he's got all this talent. Like, I don't know if people thought he was going to be this good, but 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 they they've been thinking he's going to be good for a little bit now. But he just seemed to take over with that killer mentality, and a lot of people are saying, especially with the crazy gym talk, that's just one thing that KD never had. All the talent in the world. But he's not going to be that guy who's going to lead you. He's not that Michael Jordan, not that Kobe, not that guy who just like is that team leader. He's just going to be your best scorer. You got any comments? Uh, yeah, I th- I think I think we've been kind of sucked into the whole Skip Bayless, uh, Stephen A. Smith line of thinking where we speak in a lot of abs- absolutes. And we say stuff like, you know, uh, I mean, we say stuff like, you know, hey, that guy's not an alpha. He doesn't want it enough. He has no will to win. He has no, he doesn't have the clutch factor. It, this whole thing about the alpha, I, I, I know it. I think it's true. It, it means something, but it, we overblow it. Uh, if you're in the NBA, I think you're already kind of an alpha personality. You're not going to be in the NBA just because you're a really talented player. But you're, but doesn't you're that also mean you have to be able to lead your team on a certain level? Like, like, like it doesn't just, like, I get you're an alpha and you want yours. I don't think anyone's questioning that KD wanted his shots, that KD wants to be the guy who takes the last shot. But there's something. I'm like, saying that, that just, you can be an alpha and not a leader. And just like you can be, I'll say, I'll say this. And I guess in some cases you can be a leader and not necessarily be an alpha. You see what I'm saying? It's like, I think we kind of overblow it. Um, let me try to think of a good example. Um, I, we, we can use Tim Duncan. I yeah. think Tim Duncan's not very much an alpha personality. No. But he led by example, and he was the best player on his team. And I think that the leader of that team actually was Pop. Oh, but for Pop sure. Was able, Pop was able to use... I don't think anyone else with that type of a temperament, like that true alpha that we're thinking of it, would have been allowed to be a spur. Um. Well, no, I don't even know, I, I don't even know that, because I think... I, I think don't think Man- they would have ever not, signed Kobe or I anyone like that. I think Manu has that personality. I think Manu was a was was a good enough player and and had and had the wherewithal to swallow his pride because we look you don't make the passes and plays Manu made without without having that kind of flair. Without he was just smart enough to know I'm in a great situation. We won a championship or two, so now he's going to ride it out. I think Manu really swallowed his ego and, and coming off took the a back seat and took yeah so. Um, but back to the to the KD thing. All right, so for me, it all starts when in the playoffs uh, against the Clippers, they put Chris Paul on him, and he struggled a little bit. So I always I always try to chalk that up to, you know what? That was just a coincidence. He was you know he was probably already he was already exhausted from from the MVP season, and it is. I, but then I I remember him sitting with his back to Russell Westbrook while Russ shot the game winning free throws, and like you know then afterwards we hear him make comments about how. You know, our team just kept getting younger while everybody else was making, you know, getting better. And I'm thinking to myself, you are the franchise. You go to your owner and say, hey, I want you to go get so-and-so. And guess what? Your owner will go get so-and-so. And you go speak to so-and-so and make sure he's signing on the dotted line. Yes, and just like Golden State came you gotta and, and recruited. Which is, you know what's so funny? And, and I'm, just, I'm just realizing this. Golden State just said that all those guys texted and called him recruiting him. Who the hell was, was, was Kevin Durant recruiting while he was in OKC? You know what I'm saying? Nobody. So it's like, um, in but it's this not case, the whole thing. He's not the alpha. Like in o- in Golden State, sorry, in OKC, I think Westbrook was the alpha, but I think Durant was the best player, and ultimately, I think that's what did the most. 
I did them in. Well, I'm going to say, well, in that case, so what's going to happen? What's going to happen with Golden State then? Because their best player is Kevin Durant, and their best player, the second best player, is Steph Curry. But their alpha is Draymond Green. Yeah, well, uh, we'll cover that in the second half. So uh, yeah, right now, right, right now, yeah, I was like, we're, we're off topic right now. So let's go back to Kawhi Leonard. Um, so what the question is, can you be the best player on your team and not be the alpha? Is that what you're asking me? Or can you be a leader of a team and not be an alpha? Yeah. And yeah. The, an- the answer is going to be in certain situations, yes. But, I, I you know, I, I guess I almost want to say, well, like, I, I, think, I think Carmelo Anthony, you know, I don't think he really has an alpha personality. No. Nah. So. Actually, the most alpha on that team is, man, I don't even want to say Brandon Derrick Jennings. Rose. I think it's Brandon Jennings. It's Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose really believes that that's he's the best bad. player on that team. That, that's really bad for your team if he's your alpha. That's bad news. But yeah. Did you watch the first game? No, I can't watch the Knicks, man. I'm, I'm a West Coast guy because the hours I work, I, I just I can't handle the Knicks. I, I love Chris Stapps, honestly, but it just it, it, it kills me to watch that. It, it like They could have been so much better just it kept Lopez. Sorry. I, as a guy who loves the building of teams, that team pisses me off. Well, I'm just saying I just I watch it because, you know, I'm just trying to see how everybody looks. And Derrick Rose, with no hesitation, was just jacking up shots and taking it to the rim and driving to the teeth of the defense. He wants, to prove it. he wants to prove everyone that he's not washed up, right? Because the whole media, every fan outside of, like, some people who haven't been keeping up is looking at this like Derrick Rose and they're thinking MVP. I'm, I'm looking at Derrick Rose and being like, you shouldn't be starting right. over Brandon Jennings. All right, I'm going to call a technical foul on both of us right now because we're, we're way off the topic. So let's go back to where we were. Let's go back to where okay. we were. What's this? The initial Kawhi Leonard, why I wanted to bring this up, was the way I saw his growth in that game. I thought he was actually turning into that multifaceted, all-around guy that actually, it's look, no one's going to be LeBron James. But if there's ever going to be a next LeBron James kind of player, I think it's him. I like Paul George and all, but I think it's him. I th- like he doesn't pass the way he does, but his when you just looked at him going after guys, just taking balls like in full stride, his 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 shot, his improvement, his his dedication to the game. I mean, you remember what Kobe would always kind of hammer home? Doesn't matter. You, you can have all the talent in the all the talent in the world, but if you don't put in the work, you're never going to get to the top level. And and his work ethic was was known all around the league, and I think we're gonna at the at the end of Kawhi's days, we're gonna look at this guy as a multiple time champion who has the work ethic of an all time NBA player. I mean, when you look at his ability to shoot, like we talked about in the last game, uh, our last show about um, his percentages, because we were talking about fantasy. When you can shoot like that, plus you're upping your your points, your defense is. What uh, first position top at worst? What top three as a wing at worst? Um, and then after that, his now ability to just okay. So I'm gonna just cut you off right now. I, I appreciate your passion for this. Uh, you know you, that 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 down home Canadian passion you're throwing out. Okay. I'm just going off what I reason. saw. Right? It's just real. Well, that's great. I saw he played great and he was in the moment. And you know, hey, you can't argue with 35, five rebounds, three assists. Five steals. The dude was was everywhere. And how many right? other plays um, did he alter because of it? Yeah, and he showed us. And like, he the I think the main question about him was the main question about him before was does he have? Can he just go out and create some offense? And a lot of people were like, no, it's product of the Spurs system. Blah blah blah. Yeah. 
I know he's not a system player, but it's kind of true. But not not true. It's the fact that there's some truth to the fact that when you are playing within a system with other very good players, and you know a lot of your shots are catch and shoot, or you're just catching your, the ball in your sweet spot, and you get to go up, and you have to just like make one or two moves and pull. It's different than having to just isolate and create. Mm-hmm. Now, against Golden State, we saw him dribbling the ball up, putting the ball through his legs, staring this guy down. Hitting him with the crossover and the you know, hard drive, two dribbles, pull up. He did the things that a lot of people wonder if he could do. Drove, I remember he drove baseline and you know, Iguodala's rocked back on his heels because Kawhi's so strong and he's hitting like the little one-handed flippers. And I've been saying this for a while that, I mean, people just don't watch. if They think that he can't ISO, he can't score out of isolation. But to, he did it to such an extreme yesterday, he set a career high in points. Now, the reason he's not LeBron James, for the simple fact that he's not 6'8 and 250, he is the size of a very large wing, but he's still a wing. LeBron James is such a freak for the simple fact that he's built like a freaking. You like know what I alone. mean, though. I'm saying a, no, a large no, no. wing who, this who is can like, disrupt This games. is like, no, that's like trying to say that freaking uh, Zach Levine's a great scorer in crunch time and he's a great shooter. He's not scared of the moment. He's like, he's like Michael Jordan. Don't put, don't compare guys. LeBron James is already a legend. He's a legend, and Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, I think, is all is well on the way to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. LeBron James is a once-in-a-generational type player. And that's why I prefaced right. the entire show saying there will never be a LeBron James. But I'm just saying. They don't even. This is the same reason I say people shouldn't say, oh, Kobe was the next Michael. No, because Michael's, Michael's Michael. Kobe's Kobe. Okay. Kawhi is going to be Let's a great just player. Let's leave it um, as the top wing apart from LeBron right now going forward who's going to dominate the wing position for years. Who, Kawhi? No. Yeah. No, because Kevin Durant still exists. You can say what we want to say about him and his alpha personality. He's just a supremely talented, supremely game-changing kind of guy. So I, I like what, I like where it's going, and I even like the thought of the competition of, you know, if, if we're saying, you know, KD always says, I hate being second best, right? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? So it looks like maybe you're saying once LeBron is starts to, on the decline, mm-hmm. he'll still be second best because Kawhi's going to be around. Well, I'm going to disagree with that. Cause, uh, and, and I'll say this with a caveat. The Kawhi we saw last year. If we see this Kawhi we saw the other day, all bets are off. But again, even if this great game, that even like it's not. I'm not. This is not downgrading him. His game was great. But I mean, you know, KD's a better rebounder. KD's still a better shooter. KD's still a better offensive creator. He's also and I get 28. That Kawhi is. A, I guess I get I get. Uh, I mean, you want to go by if you're talking about numbers, we can look at the numbers from the last seven years they both played or five years they both played then, and we can talk about scores if you want to go off one game. Not talking about not scores, man. Here. We're talking about play. I I get where you're coming from. There's just something to me that looks special. I think he turned the corner. I think we're seeing a new. You can't do that off one game, dude. What are you I, doing? I can do whatever I want. Did now? Wh- That's like okay. Well, I guess Dame is going. Dame is going to average thirty nine this season. He did it this one game. Hey, Anthony Davis is going to average fifty this year because he did it in the first game of the season. So this is what we're seeing. Taking Come on, it man. Too You're better. Far. I know. I'm better in this, but I still think. Look, what I'm really good at is reading the tea leaves. Look. The, no, you're not. Everyone you suck you, at that yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're literally trying to say that he turned a corner off of one game. Now, I do say it's a side of, it's a side of Kawhi we've never seen before. And now the if question is, if he doesn't show it consistent. next game, you'll prove me wrong. No, I mean, sorry. No, I won't, because that doesn't matter either. You, it, it, two games don't mean anything. Do I need to say small sample size theater? No. Oh. We need to see about 20, 25 games. No, and even that, you know why we don't need to see 25 games? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, who, who averages like 28, 8, and like five, the first twenty games of the season last year, on like shooting forty five percent from three. Uh, nothing's coming up right now, but 
You know who did that? Paul George. Paul George looked at the, literally through 20 games, he looked like the best player in the league almost. I mean, he was up there. Well, talent-wise, we both agree he is. So uh, let's not pretend that him having a sample size where he just took that and maximized that talent wasn't expected on some level. My point is he is not that player. He's not a bum. We love we, – me and you both love Paul George. But the point is you can't just look at one or two or three or five games and say, hey, this is who that guy is now because that's when you look like a fool 60 games in the season – when they they fell into like a a month long slump and they're just not that player right then, so Kawhi is already a upper echelon player, top five in the B ball breakdown uh, countdown that we did this year, right? Yeah. Top five, he's a great player, and he he's only getting better it looks like. But all I'm asking is the same. This is the same thing I'm asking. Like we we did this to Brow. I don't want us to do this to Cat either. Let it happen. Let's not start anointing people and then tearing them down when they don't reach the level that you already put them on. All right. Well, listen, we'll put this one in our back pocket because realistically, we're going to have to revisit this, like, what, 60 games? Oh, we'll be able to have this conversation or or at the end of the season? We can just have it at the end of the season. At the end of the season. Just, let's, just in, let's just enjoy it. That was a shot clock we just heard exactly. going off. That was, the, that was the end of the first quarter buzzer. We're heading to the locker rooms. And I hope that coach yells at you because that was a terrible first half you just had. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch you on the second half of the Away Team podcast. What you mean you ain't never heard about the Away Team? What you mean you ain't never heard about the Away Team? The Away Team? All right, guys. And welcome back to the second half of the Away Team podcast. James Hollis, my... Uh, co-host with the most he's gonna call me phil the pill but you know you guys should be calling me that already at this point uh my name is phil boilo we'll put our i'm gonna call you phil the the fuel spill because fuel spill but hot takes not even real fuel words spill. not even real words fuel spill hey because <laughs> hey. you're just spill, you're just Stop pumping it. gas out right now with that Stop crap it. you're talking just pumping gasoline man into your salt making it all burn um okay spurs golden state first game of the season Ever. Well, first, I, I got I got I got What's a, up? I, a What's couple up? things I got to say. All right, the pin down, mm-hmm. the cross screen, mm-hmm. the hedge hard, the alley-oop. What do those things have in common? They're basketball plays. They are all better names than the away team <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm not – I'm just joking. All right, so go ahead. Sorry. All love, all love. Um, all right, so San Antonio Spurs, Golden State Warriors, obviously – Started the season off strong. What was going? What I, I think a lot of people thought that Golden State at least at least would win, if not have kind of their way with old man Spurs who don't have a shot blocker and blah 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 blah. Yeah, they have Kawhi Leonard, but there's too many too much talent there. And the Spurs destroy the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors did not have injuries, and we're looking for excuses. Um, what I thought was interesting and, and interesting is we, we we talked in the first half of Kawhi Leonard and, and his ascension there, um, but more th- there are kinks in these are in this armor and I think the big one we came away from or at least I did was their brutal lack of interior defense and shot blocking. I know what they can do on offense. I think that's going to get better. Uh, the spacing, the passing, everything. I look uh, guys like Katie didn't even play bad like. KD Curry played well. I think I saw way too many evil glares from Green to Clay, which is why I'm still really confident that that's going to break itself Ooh. up on some level. You, oh, I love it. Oh, you didn't see those? I know. I love it. Yeah. So th- that was a little bit too much. But at the same point, we saw the Spurs getting to the basket as much as they want, as often as they wanted. 
the point we're going to talk about today, my fine friend, is is there something innately wrong with that particular kink in the armor, which I just brought up, that's going to spell doom for the Golden State Warriors? Um, all right, just a lot like you you trying to call Kawhi Leonard freaking Wilt Chamberlain of of shoot of small forwards. Off yeah, of one yeah, game. yeah. It's one game. It's one game. I mean, um, I think we can look back and you know find opening opening day gaffes by a lot of teams. I can't remember a team falling flat like that at home very often. So that's kind of cool. Um, and I, I'm not gonna lie, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Cause and where did Tony Parker come from? Like he just looked like he was like 30 for a moment. Uh, nowhere. He stinks too. Um, no, he doesn't stink, but he's a little bit washed up. Um, so I, I think what we can take away is, uh, some things that are real. Uh, they have no rim protection now. And even though we knew that it's, it's, it would, it's teams can go really big. And if, if they don't blow them off the floor early and if the other team gets it going, they can stay with them because they just don't have bodies. They can throw at people and these, they're big guys. Like imagine, uh, it's going to be really interesting now. I'm going to look forward to seeing Steven, Steven Adams and Enos Kanter. Exactly. Canter because, That's what I was thinking. Uh, we saw what they did to the Spurs with Tim Duncan, and now without Tim Duncan, the Spurs did that to Golden State. Um, uh, it's weird. I like Jada Pachulia. And I know that the, num- the numbers said a couple years ago in Dallas and in Milwaukee, he was like, a, I guess, a better-than-average defender. He almost made the All-Star game. I mean, that's in a, which is the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. So, but the fact that um, we we see now that uh, you put him in space and you ask him to actually like move and like not just gunk up the middle while you know it, he can't do it. He can't jump. He can't do anything. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge was just volleyball on the tip, tipping the balls over him. Um, the other thing we see that I've noticed, and I think I saw it a couple times in the preseason too. Clay is Clay. Clay's going to be great, and he has a couple of good games in the preseason. Uh, but it seems he's having a little bit of a he's having a little bit of a trouble mm-hmm. adjusting. Because Dre had a good game, uh, 18 yep. and 12. KD had a really nice all-around floor game, too. Uh, Steph found his range. I, I think he wouldn't – even he would probably tell you his, he didn't have the no. greatest game. Uh, and so Clay was like, I think, 4, four for 11 for 11 yeah. points. You know, so – He definitely did not have his best game there. But, see, what I kind of thought was more interesting, like like I think it's the easy way out to, to, to say, like, if they play a team like, like OKC with the bigs and they'll pound it down low, but – what gets me more is I still think because they would have to play big that Golden State can have a speed advantage. What worries me more for Golden State is how bigger wings and bigger power guards. It's it's actually more like guys like Westbrook getting to the rim, guys like Lillard getting to the rim, guys like eventually in the finals LeBron James getting to the rim with nobody to protect them. Like as I've been saying, the the game plan is mess with Green. Like they're doing with Odell Beckham with the Giants. I know you hate football, but some people are going to get the reference. Like they're doing with him, they just try to get in his head. And as soon as you see that, they're going to be trash talking the whole... Maybe he puts up with it, maybe he does. But if you're attacking the rim and you're the only line of defense, as soon as Green is out, they're in a lot of trouble. And I think team... And I'm going to say this, even when Green is in, they're still in trouble because a big part of the problem... um is that it was they start off every game last year Golden State start off with with Bogut and Dre on the floor uh Draymond Green on the floor and they made life hell for anybody mm-hmm. driving the to the lane and then they set the tone early and then when it's time for the death line up you know then well Azili would come in same thing you know he's so long and and he could he's guard the rim very well then the death line would come and they just kind of blow you off the floor and it'd be too late it didn't really matter now without you know Bogut to set the tone 
teams get into a groove earlier, and then th- that can can be an issue. And there's no Azili backing them up. So I think uh, I've heard this ever since they made the move to get KD, and I thought that you know, hey, talent's going to overcome, and it just they'll just be able to wash teams away. And I think ninety percent of the time they will. Ninety percent of the time it won't even matter. They might beat teams uh, one forty to one ten. It won't matter. Other teams going to score, but they're going to yeah. score a lot more. Well, let's not pretend that the Spurs are, are, are a joke, right? Like, they lost to a good team. They lost to a team that hit their shots. They lost to a team where Jonathan Simmons... Do you think he's having... He, he, uh, this boy's having a breakout year, or he just ha- or he just had a good game? Uh, I'm going to say I think he is. I actually watched him in yeah. the preseason. I asked on social media. I said, yeah, these Spurs fans don't seem to really be high on Jonathan Simmons. I, I, every time I see him, the guy looks like he can, re- he can really play. What's the thoughts? And everybody was pretty down on him. But um, after what we saw the other day... Uh, well, that chase down block, like if pop. if him and Kawhi can do that on the wing with D and have you know Danny Green come back, that could be problems. I mean, and then like the thing, like the big dunk at the end of the game, yeah, like, yeah. you saw that. I like, don't know like, if Popovich like, liked that one. Though. And, I don't care. Pop likes it. I love it. Uh, my point is that like if Pop trusts the guy and has him playing, then I mean that says a lot. You know what I mean? So no matter what we think of him, that kind of athleticism and stuff, it's 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 going yeah, to be that's like game the, uh, the greatest feel good story yeah. too. The guy like paid a hundred dollars to try out for the D League, and then just like came through. Did you hear that one? Yes, he had to pay a hundred. Yeah, bucks to try it's just out. Uh, just making it work. But but okay, yeah. so obviously the Spurs are. So you're not worried that their lack of shot blocking is really going to a lose them enough games in the regular season to make it somewhat competitive, or b in the finals, if they're playing a team that has, you know, like 95% sure it's Cleveland, if not some other teams that could punish you down low. I would say in the finals is something to worry about because Cleveland does have could roll some big boys out there um, to do the same thing San Antonio did. Tristan Thompson will be relentless. We know that. But is it a problem? No, I, I don't think it's going to be a, a problem for the regular season. Playoff time could be totally different. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure um, – you know the the ownership there, GM. The GM is burning up the phone lines, trying to find a real. He's got Javale McGee, who played, who made the squad. Man, he's got his answer. <laughs> well, I mean, and it's we can joke about that, but it'd be nice if he just turned around and got it. But is he, he hadn't get it? got it for years. So, he he, he exactly. he's been GM's wet dreams for a while. You've just put it all together, but see, I'm looking at it worse than that. I just think in the playoffs they allow more physicality. I, th- I think people are just going to get pissed off. I think Draymond Green's going to do the wrong thing and they're not going to have any answers. Like, I think they're going to outshoot people. I do still think that there aren't enough shots for everyone to be happy. I still think there's some internal combustion that's going to happen that way. But teams are going to game plan. Like, we see this in professional sports. As soon as you see a team that has kinks in the armor, teams start game planning. And I guarantee you that Golden State leads the league or is top five in the amount of free throws given up. And I think that's how you beat them. I think you attack, get them in foul trouble. I don't think the Spurs did that enough. I think they did better in the second half doing that. But I think if you can put those boys in foul trouble, make them sit with a bench that doesn't exist. So, I mean, see, you're, you're, this all sounds really good on paper, and I get it. You want to attack since yeah. they don't have shot blockers. In. Here's the problem with that, though. While you're attacking, trying to get two free throws, they're coming down. Assuming they hit them, yep. You can't scheme for it, well, you, dude. It's KD and it's Steph Curry and it's and it's Clay Thompson. You're saying assuming they hit them, they've been hitting them now for the last yep. five, six, seven, eight years. And they still right? lost. So let's let's stop the whole. 
they're they lost one game. You keep doing this one game. Thing we just started the season. What are you, what are you one like? Game. This this is all I have Who to cares? work with. It's one game. That's my whole point. Then why are we even? We shouldn't even <laughs> analyze it. That's my whole point. It doesn't matter. It's one game. It's one game for the with a team that just. Okay, to I'm not going to say that they're just piece. going to lose and all this, but coming back to the conversation. My point is, don't just use the assuming they hit them. Kevin Durant's like a 40% career three-point shooter. Steph Curry's like a 45 career, 45% career three-point shooter. Uh, Clay's like a 44% career three-point shooter. So don't let's don't do that. Let's assume they hit them. They're going to hit. They're three, three of the best at what they do points. for sure. Thank you. Now go. <laughs> all right. But um, my, my, no, no, the point I'm making is that all this you can we can theorize all day about how how you can game plan against Golden State. The point is, at any given moment, they will probably have one MVP type guy on the floor and two All Stars, at least an All Star, at any given moment. So no matter what your game plan is, sooner or later you're gonna go to your bench. And while your bench is in the game, guess what? They're gonna have at least two All Stars on the floor, pounding you in your head. That's where it's gonna come down to it. So I get the questions about depth, but the fact that they can rotate four, you know, at, at the very minimum all-star level guys and at the very most MVP guys, they can rotate to have at least two on the court at any given time. That's really tough to be. Absolutely. So regular season, I'm not worried about anything. Even in the playoffs, let's think about it. LeBron has to go to the bench sometime. You know what I'm saying? And even while LeBron's on the bench, so you got Kyrie and Love mm-hmm. out there. That's really good. They could have Steph Curry and yep. Draymond Green out there. You know, so it's, it's. I'm not saying no it makes what, them easy gonna, to beat. What I'm saying is that I think now we're going to see a repeated way of attacking them. I think this is going to be the playbook for almost every team who's not the Spurs or a team that can really, on any level, offensively keep up with them. I think teams are going to attack Draymond Green mentally, and they're going to attack in inside. I think when you and slow down the game, you slow down the game, you attack inside. And look, you're probably going to lose. Look, it's a team where any time Golden State plays anyone, that Golden State's going to be favored. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Cleveland right now. It's, it's just how the lines go. It's how, per your point, you're always having two all-world players. But when you're a team, at, let, let, like if you're Sacramento or something, right? And you know you, you have no... Okay, wait, hey, right now, right now Sacramento's beating San Antonio. So, okay, go ahead. <laughs> but like, if you're a team that you think you have no shot, and you and you have that game plan, maybe it doesn't win you. Maybe everything you say is right. Maybe they hit those shots, or they probably do, considering the, those percentages. So I'll give that all to you. But I'm just saying, at a certain level, when you play a team that has that much talent and it's so set to one type of of an attack, you kind of have to play that. And if it works out. And you get guys in foul trouble, and you get Green to to to, uh, to lose his game and tee out. I mean, like we even saw last game. Like obviously it was frustrating for them, but he was looking kind of crazy. Like he he's got the crazy eyes, man. Like I like. I'll, I'm gonna say like I'm not. I hope you understand. I'm not telling you like teams shouldn't try mm-hmm. it. Of course they should. I'm just saying like right now I feel like we, like we're you sound almost like a drowning man who's trying to grasp at teacups. Because it's because I want to see Golden State they're, they're, lose, they're, they're, and I just want to make the narrative of how it could happen. That's fine. I do too. I love it. I love this. I, I want to see. I don't like things go to. I want things to go against the script in the NBA. I just don't know if saying, "Oh yeah, now we have the answer." Drive and, and draw fouls and and play giant against them because a lot of teams can't play giant. There's not very many teams who can. You know what I'm saying? Even like, let's think. I mean, 
what's I think the Cleveland Cleveland's best lineups is probably going to be what? Yeah, you got Love and you got Tristan Thompson. Love wants to be on the yeah. perimeter anyway. You know what I'm saying? So like, how much of an advantage is that going to really be? As far as I think an interesting to test is actually going to be the Clippers. Like having Blake Griffin all day going in off pick and rolls, bounce passes from Chris Paul. I think that's going to be really interesting. That's that sounds great, but I mean, like, I still think that you know the advantage yep. is definitely going to be Clay Thompson and 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 KD shooting over Luke Mabaute and and JJ Redick. You know what I'm saying? So it's like any little advantage a team has at one place, they're not going to go say has a bigger advantage yeah, like two no. other places. So it's it's scary, and I, and I'm not hope hope nobody everyone understands. I'm not pulling for Golden State. I'm not a Golden State homer. I'm not saying give up, lay down, bow down. I'm just saying I'm speaking from just what we see. The advantages on paper they have. Now, again, hey, if Steph and 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 KD can play as well as they did yesterday, and they still lose by thirty, that says a lot. It does say a lot, but we have to just say it says a lot for one game, and it's the first game of the season. So let's not let's not go overboard. I don't think. I think the things that we did see though that are real, the rebounding issues, um, and the the rim protection, those are real issues. Those are real areas you can't exploit if you have a way to. So yes, they got they got rebounded. I think thirty five to fifty five, you know, and that's with KD having ten rebounds and, and Dre having twelve. So it's not like you know those guys were great. Everybody yeah. else is stumped. Well, this is why we play the games. And as a last closing thought, I didn't throw this to you before, but I, I, I okay, you got to pick one and give a quick rationale why. So far, the two guys who we think are going to put up monster numbers on teams that may not win enough to for it to matter. Who impressed you more so far, James Harden, Russell Westbrook? Russell Westbrook, because they're team one. Uh, not just because they won, because, I mean, they're playing different teams. But uh, if I remember correctly, 34, James 17 Harden assists, eight for, rebounds. That's, he had like 12 He had like twelve assists yeah. at the half or something. And then... Uh, uh, 15 uh, for 16 free fan, throws, turn, one for seven threes. Yeah, they said they turned the game turned when you know what LA did? They brought Meta World Priest out of cry. I was watching Meta that, World and, and he was going crazy. There was a couple moments there where they almost where, where he was almost losing his shit, but no, he wasn't. That's control. That's control chaos. He's a vet. He knows. He went in there. They said, you know what? James Harden's getting too loose. Going his there own team was walking up to him on the free throw line, just like calm, calm down, big guy. Calm down. That's okay. Hey, he's he's a he's a uh, he's been he's a he's a vet. He knows exactly what he's doing. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Russ, Russ, cause Russ was huge down the stretch. He, uh, he made a couple of really tough jumpers and a three yep. in the late in the game to, to kind of keep it at yep. bay and put it away while Harden, he, he didn't, you know, it was a close game kind of late and Lakers pulled it out. He got the ball stolen by, by, uh, by, by Jordan, uh, uh Clarkson, Clark, uh, Clarkson, yeah, Jordan Clarkson. And, um, he, he didn't get it done. So. Harden's awesome, and that his numbers are going to be incredible this year, and I think Houston's going to be a lot better than they were last year. But at this moment right now... All right, and bam, that is the final buzzer on the second installment here of the Away Team Podcast. James, I want to thank you as always for uh, being the co-hostess with the mostess, and I'll come up with something even cornier next time because... Like, oh Phil the Pill is so terrible. Like, I have to come up with something just as, like, unimaginative, I think. Like... like well, I, I would thank you, Phil, if it was a pleasure, but I had to listen to your corny pun, so I'm uh, it's not okay. going to thank you. Uh, um, I say them for myself in the audience anyways. <laughs> All right, so, guys. All I'm saying is you right now are setting setting back the, the Maple Leaf-U.S. Uh, relations back like 50 years oh. right now. 
At least we're not building a wall. Bam! <laughs> All right, guys. Yay! Well, if you want to contact <laughs> contact either of us, we're gonna put our Twitter handles in the description below. Keep the conversation going. James is always a great follow. Uh, one of the best in the NBA, and uh, I uh, I do a lot of gifs and a lot of uh, a lot of gifs. See, I don't even I don't even say it properly. I'm, I'm learning. It's, I'm it's learning gif. these things. Uh, Wait, you know what? Actually, it is gif, but only dorks say that. Right, so we're perfect. gonna follow gifs. Yeah. Well. Keep Keep up with us there, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Way Team Podcast, Press Basketball.